I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A little state of the race in 2024. We're going to do You Voted for This. Congressman Eli Crane, Matt Walsh, John Carney about the economy jam-packed tonight on I'm Right. You know what sucks about being a political person? You know this. You're a political person. I'm talking about you. And I'm talking about me. So don't act like you're not one of these. What sucks is you understand that when it comes to races, when it comes to political races, whatever those races may be, there's the story the public sees, and then there's the story behind the story. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Right now, Obviously, a lot of people are focused on the presidential race in 2024. Ah, it's Trump versus Biden. It's all these other things. And here's what normal people do. You don't do this, but here's what normal people do. Well, Joe Biden, um, his economic views are unpopular. And his border views are unpopular. So he's probably in trouble. But you know, you follow politics. There's always a story behind the story. And one of the ugly things about politics, one of the worst things about politics, is money. Now, let me pause there for a moment. Just because it's ugly and horrible doesn't mean it's ever going to go away. So don't ever say, ever, 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 definitely don't say it to me. Let's get the money out of politics. What? 
You're never going to get the money out of politics. Money's been in politics since tribes were electing their local chieftain and you had to buy someone an extra cow to get their vote. Money is involved in politics and it ain't ever going to change no matter what you do. The amount of money these candidates raise matters. Now, why does money matter in politics? Let's be clear about this. Well, if everyone was like you, it wouldn't matter. What do I mean by like you? You're informed. You're an informed voter. You're sitting here right now watching me on the first TV. You have options today, endless options. Flipping through your television, anything on your phone, endless options, you're watching me. You're hyper-informed. The money they raise is not for you. You're going to know the issues. You're going to know the candidates. I don't need to come. If I'm running for office, I don't need to uh, run a TV commercial during the football game you're watching. You already know me. You know the enemy. You, you know it. This is for the people who actually decide elections. These weird people, I don't understand. Maybe you understand them. I never have. These independents, I voted for Obama twice, and then I voted for Trump the first time, but then I voted for Biden. These are real people. These people actually exist. That's who the money is for. This person is not hyper-informed. These are low-info voters. They vote on how they feel. They vote on the television ads they see, the online ads they see. That's what the money's for. Joe Biden has a super PAC. I saw this. This is one of those things that went right by everybody. It did not go right by me. They just made the largest ad purchase in the history, well, of television, I guess I should say. I was about to say in the history of the country, but I guess that would predate things. Anyway, in the history of the country, the largest ad purchase. And so this is why I tend to be dismissive when people say, Jesse, American people aren't going to vote in Joe Biden again. I mean, after all, he can't even talk. The beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer in this final. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's coming. What? I beat you, beat you, beat you. What? And look, everyone knows Joe Biden can't function. And yes, there are concerns in Democrat circles about Biden. They know they can't go to Dome. A lot of you have seen this undercover video from James O'Keefe. So you're, you're pretty high up in the government. Yeah, I'm fairly high up. I'm good at keeping secrets. And so I manage two federal agencies, the State Department and USAID. Is he going to be the, the nominee? Yes. And she will be the vice president nominee. Yeah, I don't... There was a debate about removing her from the ticket, but sadly they didn't. She can't keep black staff. They quit on her in mass. But with him, I yeah, mean, I know. I know. he's got I know. dementia. Uh, yeah, well, he's definitely slowing down. But they won't say it. Well, I guess if they say it publicly, Correct. Biden they is, is uh, no. they can't say it publicly. No, no, they've got to they got to they say the it privately? I'm just telling just, you what I've heard. Like, you're just, yep. you're just telling me the truth. Does it make sense? No, but that's, I mean, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I've had a meeting with Michelle Obama at one point when I was an intern, and someone asked her, will you ever run for office? And she said no, emphatically. Really? I've seen all the shit my husband has had to go through, and that does not interest me. Yeah. Uh, one... Funniest part of that video is the dude who's on video spilling all the tea, bragging in the beginning that he's the one in charge of keeping secrets. <laughs> anyway, 
let's let's talk about this. Yes, Joe Biden can't talk. Yes, they've had talks about removing him. But Democrats have a machine in place, a political machine in place. They have the money. They have the organization. And a guy can deny it all they want, all he wants. Michelle Obama is starting to make noise. She is starting to be more vocal. She's appearing on podcasts. Every other day there's an article here. And we now know because of these weird DNC rules, they can go through their entire primary process, and they very clearly are. And then for whatever reason, Joe Biden decides to resign before the convention. They can then just nominate whoever they please at the convention. And the thing about that is all that money, all that organization, the volunteers, the everything, it's just kind of plug and play for Michelle. Joe Biden may be old and non-functional and crappy, But that brings us to this. The American people, oh, pains me to say it. They like Michelle Obama. I do not. I despise that America-hating hag. But the American people, they don't know that about her. You know that about her. You're hyper-informed. You understand who she is. You understand how awful she is. You understand all that. But the regular people who decide elections do not. Whether it's Joe Biden or whether they plug into Michelle Obama, I have concerns about some of the basic structure of 2024. They have so much more money than us, and they're so much better organized. That's why I don't look at all the new polls that come out. Biden's down five, and I don't get giddy and start clapping. I hope they're right, right? I hope everything works out. I don't know. And I think about, I think about how voters don't learn lessons. They really, truly don't. Voters, human beings, were famous for divorcing our choices from the results of those choices. You see this guy, Brandon Johnson, in Chicago? Chicago's an absolute war zone. It's a war zone in and of itself. They're passing ceasefire resolutions for Israel? But at this point now, uh, I believe we're looking at 25,000 Palestinians that have been killed uh, during this, this war. And... Um, the killing has to stop. So, yes, we need to cease fire. Here's the thing. He's going to be reelected. Remember, I make mistakes every election cycle, and I'm not going to make it this election cycle, and I don't want to I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I want to make sure you know the mistake I make every time because maybe you make the same mistake. I sit back and I look at the horror of the Democrats. I hate Republicans too, you know that, but Democrats really are evil now in this country. What they push is really, it's really gross. It's really evil. And I say to myself, man, the American people, they're going to reject this. They've had enough of this. Yeah. Remember that red wave we were supposed to have? 2022? Remember the red wave that turned into the red drip? I don't know that the American people are going to be able to withstand the ad buy money because, let's be honest, you voted for this, this campaign we're on. We're on the campaign because people don't know. (laughs) They don't take ownership of their vote. Are they going to take ownership and vote the opposite way next time? I don't know. I hope so. I'll believe it when I see it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. You know what makes me uncomfortable? dirty timeshare companies that rip people off. 
They don't let you out of your timeshare when you want out. I'm done with it. Oh, we're, we're done. Oh, sorry. Pay your annual fees. And the annual fees now have doubled. I don't have to tell you. You know you're stuck in your timeshare. Are you tired of writing that check? Probably a credit card these days. Are you tired of writing that check for the timeshare you want out of? You know you can just call Lone Star Transfer and stop doing that, right? Why don't you make that last check you wrote to your timeshare company the last check you write to your timeshare company? Lone Star Transfer will legally and permanently get you out. They put it in writing. They guarantee it in writing. They give you a time frame. You want to talk about calling your shop. 99% of the time, Lone Star Transfer will get you out. Family business. Call them. They can't. That's the only way they can't help you is if you don't call. They can't, they're not going to come knock on your door. Call them. 844 310-2646. All right? We'll be back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what sucks? My 15-year-old is turning into a really hardcore anti-communist. And no, that doesn't suck. I'm, I'm proud of him. He's, he's, he knows the issues. He's learning everything. But now, you know, we text back and forth. When I'm working, he's at school, we'll text certain things. You see this story, you see this, and he'll text me videos every now and then of various commentators on the right. I have a TV show. I have a nationally syndicated radio show. I'm not saying I'm the biggest thing in the world. I'm the furthest thing from it, but I have stuff. I've never once gotten a video of me. I get Matt Walsh videos all the time. My kid, hey, Dad, did you see what Matt Walsh said? If he's uh, allowed to have some computer time. Dad, look at Matt Walsh. Frankly, I'm sick of it. Joining me now, host of the Matt Walsh Show on the Daily Wire, Matt Walsh. Matt, what's, what's going on around here? Is my commentary not good enough for my kid, apparently? Well, I mean, the good news is you're raising your son right. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got great taste. Um, and I just hope, look, when he sends you, my question is, when he sends you the vi my videos, do you watch the videos or not? Because, you know, you can, you can learn things <laughs> if you watch my videos. <laughs> you know, I do watch the stupid videos, Matt. And yes, they're good. But because he demands feedback. Oh, well, what did you like? He, he, we won't let me get about, you know what? We're moving on. Matt, uh, pro-lifers are being arrested for praying and singing worship songs in the United States of America. Obviously, people on the right are under attack from our justice system. Do you think Normie Norm understands how evil the cultural institutions have become in this country? Does he not get it yet? No, I don't think people fully understand this. I also think part of the problem is, obviously, the corporate media is not going to relay that message to people. But then you also have conservative media that, uh, that, that you might rely on to talk about things like this. And I think the conservative media is also dropping the ball uh, in many ways, and especially on this issue. The fact that you know, the, the, the Biden administration has been has launched this war against pro-life activists years ago, and it, it announced that they were doing it, and they have gone around the country putting people like this in prison or trying to. And this is not, uh, this is not the first case, the case down here in Nashville of peaceful pro-life protesters. And in this case, when we say peaceful protesters, we don't mean it in the BLM sense where they're actually burning buildings down. In this case, like they're actually peaceful. They sat outside of an abortion clinic in an office building in the hallway outside the office on the floor and they sang hymns and they prayed and that's all they did. And, uh, and now they're looking at 10 years in prison um, for, that, for that violation of federal law, supposedly. And as I said, this is, this is, this is not the first time. And I, and I, yeah, I, I don't think people quite grasp because if they did, there'd probably be more panic and more anger than, than there is right now. Why is it ignored by our side? Because you're right, it is. Everyone will focus on the new shiny object every day when the Department of Justice has declared open warfare on the right, and yet we don't talk about it. Why? I think there's a few reasons. Some of it is just 
what you just said, new shiny object. We have a we have a real problem culturally. We have a real problem focusing on one thing for more than 30 seconds. I think on the right, that problem seems to even be more pronounced. I think the left, they're better in general at finding their topic, finding their issue, and hammering you to death with it until you don't want to hear about it anymore, and then they keep on going. Uh, the right, we're not as good at doing that. Now, when we when 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 the occasion occurs where we are able to focus on one thing for a while then you'll see actual progress. Like when we decided, hey, let's focus on ending child mutilation. And then we did. And what do you know? In, in dozens of states, they're, they're shutting it down. But generally, I think we, we struggle with that. And then in this issue in particular, I think there's also a political pivot by some on the right where they think that the abortion issue is embarrassing, that it's politically toxic, it's an election year, and they don't want to talk about it. And, uh, and unfortunately for these pro-life activists, to talk about their plight is to also talk about the abortion issue, which I think some conservatives would rather not do, um, which, which I think is just is, is, is wrong morally, but it's also wrong politically. Because if we cannot turn this into a winning political issue, that number one, they're killing babies, and number two, they're arresting peaceful protesters. If we, can if we can't make that a winning political issue, then we just, uh, then, then we've got bigger problems. Why are we so afraid of issues like this, Matt? It's got to go beyond an election or not. It's, it's a baby. It's the easiest thing in the world to fight for. A completely innocent, God-formed child. There's nothing easier to fight for in the world. And yet you're right. I'm told all the time, oh, don't touch that. Oh, we might make, a, we might make this uh, feminist angry. Oh, what if we lose those saintly women vote or something like that? Just every excuse in the world to avoid talking about a baby who's about to die. Yeah, I think it's. I think it does come down to politics, but it's also it's just a deeper kind of fear people have because they recognize that on the left, abortion is their highest sacrament. It's the most important thing to them, uh, for for many many reasons. And so if you go after that, well, you, you see what happens. I mean, they they'll, they they will literally try to throw you in prison for it if you do. And so that kind of explains some of the fear. Of course, it doesn't justify it. And I'd also say that yeah, this thing about well, we can't talk about it because we'll lose the woman vote. Look, if we are at a point in this country where we cannot get women to vote for us if we don't also endorse infanticide, then we're done as a country. There's nothing even to talk about at that point. We're just finished. Um, and there's nothing left to fight for. Might as well pack it in. But I don't believe that. I just don't. I refuse to believe that. I can't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. Um, it, it, it's just you can win on this issue, but you can't win on it if you don't talk about it or if you're too afraid to fight over it. Then, of course, you're not going to win. If you if you abandon the battlefield, then the other side automatically claims a victory by default. And uh, I think that's what we're experiencing. Speaking of issues, fake hate crimes are a big issue in this country. It seems to be there's a new one every single day, like this one out of San Diego. A routine walk turned into a nightmare for a Southern California man. 39-year-old Scott Rowan went to a restaurant in his San Diego neighborhood to inquire about a job. He says he heard two people yelling homophobic slurs at him, so he yelled back. Rowan, who was gay, says the next thing he knew, he was being doused with some sort of liquid and then set on fire. Immediately after that, yeah, I just I went up kind of like coals on a barbecue. Suddenly just went into flames. They were obviously out targeting the LGBT community. Three days later. Police say a man who says he was attacked and burned in an alleged hate crime is suspected of assaulting a pregnant woman. Officers determined the man with the burn injuries was the suspect in the attack on the pregnant woman. Then they say she retaliated using a fire, using fire as a weapon against him. 
Matt, what is it with people's mentality that they want this to happen to them? I, I understand the social clout and everything else, but these people, they really think they're the good guy when they make this stuff up. Why? What's broken? Well, I think, well, first of all, I, I also want to say that I, I would love to hear more about that's the story, which is like, how did the pregnant woman who defended herself, and I'm glad that she did, but how did she use fire in self-defense? Like, did she have a flamethrower <laughs> or what? I, I hope that she did, you know. But uh, I, I, look, I, I think that it's, it's, uh, it is, so, you know, the, the social credit is, is, is through victimization. People realize that victimization is power. I think that this, I don't know how deep you want to go psychologically, but it's, I, I think when people live empty, meaningless lives and they don't have any fundamental sense of purpose, um, they, they look for it in pity. They look for it in, you know, they want attention because to get attention is to remind themselves that they exist. They don't feel like they exist unless they get attention. And uh, the best way and easiest way to get attention is to get it through, through pity. And so that's where this comes from. And, but I don't even, you know, the, 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 the hoaxers, the people that make this stuff up, I can't even get mad at them because I know that there are liars and these sorts of pathetic people out there. I do almost feel sorry for them that you're such a pathetic human being that this is, you know, that you want everyone to feel pity for you. You're making these stories up. You're just pathetic. Uh, I, I put more of the blame on the media for amplifying these stories in the first place. You know, that particular story, that news channel, whichever it was, they, they reported the initial story about this guy being assaulted by, with the, by, by you know, fire-breathing uh, um, uh, homophobes <laughs> without, without any skepticism. They didn't ask any follow-up questions, nothing at all. And of course, they know exactly what they're doing. Of course they do. Matt, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right. You know what is an actual crime? The government blowing all your money. It's a big deal. It's going to matter. We're going to talk to Congressman Eli Crane about it in a moment. Uh, on that same issue, do you have precious metals yet? I, I don't care what kind, whether it's silver or gold, but you have it in your physical possession, right? They've stopped pretending. They've stopped acting like there'll be any cuts to spending. They're not going to stop printing money. We've all watched the value of our money go down. Well, it's going to keep going down. So what, what do people do? What can normal people do? The only thing you can do is get in your hands something these people can't destroy. They can't destroy the gold coins Oxford Gold will send you. Get it in your retirement as well. You worked hard for that 401k, that IRA. Don't let these people blow up the stock market and give away your retirement. Get that as part of your retirement. Jesse, how do I do that? I don't know. Oxford does. Oxford handles all that for you. That's, that's why I don't know. I don't have to know. I call Oxford. They mail me what I need. They take care of getting it in my mess, in investments. Oxford Gold Group. 833-995-GOLD. All right? We'll be back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's try to figure out what exactly is happening in the House of Representatives right now. We have an impeachment inquiry, I think. I don't know if that's going anywhere. Are we ever going to cut spending, secure the border? I don't know. Yeah, I bet Eli knows. He was a Navy SEAL. He's now a congressman out of Arizona. Eli, okay, let's deal with that piece of trash, Alejandro Mayorkas, first. Gets gets appointed DHS secretary, promptly opens up the border of our country on purpose, flooded the country with about 8 million illegals. I think I have that number right. Is he actually going to get impeached? I hope so, Jesse. I think he's going to be impeached in the House. I don't have any confidence that the Senate will impeach him. But, you know, at the the very least, I want that blemish to be on his record forever. Because when I look at our options and what we can do to actually secure the southern border, 
You know, we can do it legislatively. We passed HR2, that's going nowhere with this Senate and president. Uh, we can try and deny the power of the purse and, and, and funding for it. We don't have enough strong Republicans willing to do that. So our, our other options are impeachment and then try and use our platforms to, uh, you know, expose and, you know, th this issue and this crisis as much as we can to the American people. Speaking of eunuch Republicans, let's talk about Ken Buck. He said, quote, uh, Mayorkas is terrible. The border is a disaster but it's not impeachable. We don't have to talk about Buck specifically just because we're not focusing on women today, but how many GOP congressmen in the House lack any testosterone at all? Clearly the number is high. I just want to know how many. Well, um, you know, I happen to think Buck might be with us on the on the floor on this one, but as, as far as, you know, just, and, and Buck was with us when we, uh, when we vacated McCarthy, so I definitely will give a shout out to Ken Buck for that. Um, you know, but to be honest, some of those things that you talked about earlier in, in your opening, Jesse, are we going to cut spending? Are we going to secure the border? You know, some of these biggest issues to the American people. Um, the answer is no, not with the individuals that we have up here, not with the leadership that we have up here. Um, I hate, I hate to say it, but this is what I see each and every day. Um, I see our leadership constantly surrounding themselves with people that tell them why we can't fight, why we have to do the typical Republican play of, uh, you know, kick the can down the road and, oh, we'll, we'll fight once we take the Senate or the president presidency back, but we can't do it right now. And unfortunately, um, I don't know that this country has enough time left uh, to be uh, employing those type of strategies. Yeah, I know it certainly doesn't. $78 billion tax credit bill passed last night. More Democrats than Republicans. I learned most of what I needed to know about it by the fact you voted against it. What is this pile of crap I'm sure they foisted on us? Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the biggest issue for me is, you know, we're going to be giving, you know, tax breaks and incentives to uh, people that aren't supposed to even be in this country. And you cannot do that. You cannot incentivize you know, this, this invasion at our southern border, obviously, Jesse, we can't afford it. Uh, we're $34 trillion in debt running at, you know, over $2 trillion annual deficit. That's not to say that there weren't some good things in there, you know, for, you know, you know, businesses and, and families within the, the tax bill, but that's what they do up here, Jesse. They take something that has something, you know, virtuous in it, and they, they lob on a bunch of crap to it. And then, you know, they, they want you to vote for it. And if you don't, you know, they start running commercials about you, calling you a legislative terrorist. And so we just need more people up here. I hope the American people are waking up to it. I hope they're watching your show and other shows where they get actual news, um, you know, that isn't, you know, dominated and controlled by, you know, corporate sponsorships and globalists, you know, so that they can actually get the grass truth about what's going on up here and who's actually fighting for them. Speaking of the truth, uh, Ukraine, obviously it's been a big old mess for quite some time. Before Russia ever stepped foot in there, it was the black market weapons hub of the planet. Now we know $40 million meant for munitions disappeared. That's, that number is obviously very, very low compared to how much has been swindled over there. How crooked do we believe these people are? It's clearly not getting to the Ukrainian men on the front lines. We already know that. How crooked is this place? So I think it's extremely crooked, Jesse. I think, you know, when you look at some of the data, it's been voted many times as one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And, you know, it just seems fishy that that seems to be the priority of the Senate 
and some of the most powerful individuals in Washington, D.C., that we continue to pump tens of billions of dollars over into one of the most corrupt countries in the world, you know, pushing World War III with, you know, a country that has more nuclear weapons than anybody on Earth. Meanwhile, they could care less about our southern border. And they even try and attach, you know, uh, you know, border security to money for Ukraine. We continually hear that that's the number one thing that the Senate wants and some of the most powerful in people in Washington, D.C. want. And obviously, when we go back and look at the Biden administration and you know, the ties that he has to Ukraine, being the point man over there, his son making a lot of money over there. You know, it just, it, it, it smells really, really swampy, Jesse. Is that why so many of these people, Democrats and Republicans, talk about it so much, Congressman? Because I'll be honest with you, I find it to be amazing. Whatever you feel about Russia, Ukraine, that senators, Republican and Democrat, announced publicly that they will not pass any border security bill unless they can also send money to Ukraine. That is such a dumbfoundingly horrific statement. And yet these people just make these claims publicly now. Yeah, I think that's part of it, Jesse. I think there's definitely a, a corruption part of it. But I think, you know, there's still a lot of even Republicans who live in this, you know, this old mentality that the United States is supposed to be this global defender of you know, everybody and everyone around the country. The bottom line, though, is times have changed. We can't afford it. And meanwhile, we have an administration that couldn't even pull us out of Afghanistan without creating one of the biggest, you know, uh, debacles, you know, in, 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 in history. Do you trust these guys? If, if, if war was to break out with Russia and the United States because of our efforts supporting Ukraine, Jesse, do you trust this administration and this government to take on Russia? I can't tell, brother, I don't trust these guys to take on Nicaragua. I mean, they didn't even know where, yeah. you know, uh, Austin was for like 10 days while he's getting, you know, surgery. I mean, that just shows, you know, how incompetent, unorganized uh, th this administration is. And that's, that's something that we have to think about. Joe Biden finally, finally brought it on himself to call a the families, at least one of the families of the fallen. We've recently lost two Navy SEALs to the deep. Prayers out for you, and I know the Navy SEAL family's hurting right now. Three reservists in, from Georgia just got killed. Joe Biden called the family and, of course, talked about his son. I know, uh, you know, everybody, uh, I, I know there's nothing anybody can say or do to ease the pain. I've been there. Well, I tell you what, it means a lot to, a lot to me. Uh, my son spent a year in Iraq until I lost him, and uh, I, uh, you know, one percent, one percent of all these kids are the ones that uh, take care of ninety-nine percent of us. Gosh, that's friggin' sad, Eli. What? What's the mental state of the SEAL community right now underneath underneath this administration? Well, I definitely, I know they feel it. You know, Jesse, you know, and when I look, when I watch videos like that, my, my heart breaks for those parents, but looking, looking forward, brother, I can't tell you that there's not going to be more of those parents unless we, you know, pull our heads out of our rears and, you know, adopt the America first mentality. We need to start putting Americans first. We need to quit thinking that, you know, we're some imperialist country that, you know, has to protect the rest of the world. Um, and, and you see the job that we do at, you know, at, at even, you know, our efforts overseas often, you know, Jesse, with, you know, sending $150 billion over to Ukraine, 
telling the American people that the Ukrainians are going to go on the offensive and push the Russians back. That never happens. Pulling out of Afghanistan, you know, um, you see, you know, Afghanis allies falling off of planes while they while they pull out of there. Meanwhile, we're leaving, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of military gear that then gets used all over the world to fight against our allies and probably, you know, in a, in a date in the near future will be used to fight against us. And it's just like, brother, it concerns me because I know mommies and daddies like that one you showed on the screen. I know they love this country. I know they love their kids. And just like I love mine, and I'm very concerned that there's going to be a lot more Americans just like that if we don't wise up, learn, learn from the past and, you know, actually start making decisions that are based on what's best for this country first. Amen. Eli, what was the worst part of Bud's? Was it the sand? Was it the cold? Was it the lack of sleep? What was the part, looking back on it now, that you're like, man, that, that part, I know none of it was fun. That part was the worst. The, the worst part, you know, Jesse, was, you know, coming home on the weekends and, you know, having to look at my friends in the Marine Corps and be like, hey, you guys are cool too, you know. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> The, the worst part, Jesse, was running with the boats on our heads, man. It's hard to describe to somebody, but if you take a 40-pound paint bucket, put a rubber pad under it, put it on top of your head, and then, you know, you know, run 15, 20 miles with it a day, you'll, you'll get the idea oh. of what, it, what it's like to do an elephant run in buds. Oh, that just sucks. <laughs> Eli, you are the man. Congressman, I appreciate you very much. All right. Interest rates, the Fed talked about, are they going up? Are they going down? What does any of this mean? I don't know. John Carney does, though. He'll join us next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The feds don't anticipate cutting interest rates. And that sucks because interest rates are high at least i think it sucks maybe it's a good thing i don't know let's ask john about it joining me now john carney breitbart news finance and economics editor okay john the fed says cuts aren't imminent is what they said that's how they put it now why the fed looked at the economy and they said there's no need for a rate cut right now and there's a big risk that if they cut too early it could reignite inflation and then they would have to reverse the cuts. They would have to start raising again. Fed officials have made it very clear that they view the worst outcome here would be to cut and then have to come back with hikes just a few months later. They want to be able to say that when they make this momentous decision to start cutting rates for the first time since we had this gigantic explosion of inflation, that they know they're doing the right thing. Okay. So that means inflation is under control. Everyone watching this can rest easy that the value of their dollar will not continue to go down? No, it's going to continue to go down. The Fed doesn't want inflation to go away altogether. The real risk we're facing right now is that inflation may reignite. It has come down a lot. It's still way above where it should be. The Fed targets 2%. We're far above that. But the Fed thinks it's on the path to 2%. The problem is if you look at both the economy, we're growing very fast, unemployment is very low, it's very little reason to think that inflation will keep falling. And if you look around the world, there's a lot of reason to think that inflation might pick back up. We have this conflict going on in the Red Sea that's going to cause new supply chain problems. Oil prices could rise as the conflict in the Middle East, in Gaza, in the Red Sea begins to spread and get worse. So. 
I think the Fed looks around and says, we'd like to see that inflation keeps coming down so that we think it's pretty certain that is that we're going to get on this path towards 2% and not, you know, just, oh, well, we had a good couple months, so let's go ahead and cut. John, can you merge two worlds for me here? You talked about how the economy's doing well and unemployment's low, and obviously all that stuff seems true. Yet I don't talk to anybody who feels like the economy is doing well. People can't find work if they can. The work sucks. They're not happy with it. They're working two jobs. Costs are up. Am I, what am I seeing? A mirage? No, no. What you're seeing is right. I think most of what people are feeling about what's wrong with the economy is the fact that we had so much inflation. When you have people's savings losing value, so if you had money in the bank, you've been wiped out by this inflation. If you, when you have people's income until very recently not keeping up with inflation, we did better last year than we had been. So income started to rise faster than inflation, but you're still behind if you look at the last couple of years. And so what I think when people say, yeah, the economy is not doing well, what they're really telling you is that they know that their cost of living has risen a lot faster than their incomes. And they, they, the things that they used to be able to afford, they can't afford anymore. Family vacations, food, uh, these are, you know, cars are very expensive. So, the th so people are correct in saying that, yes, uh, you know, they're suffering economically, but growth is very high. Unemployment has been very low. We're starting to see rises in productivity. That's also a good sign. So there are things that are going right with the economy, but the cost of getting that right has been very high, very high inflation. Uh, can you explain something to me, John? So the American people have record high credit card debt and they've drained their savings. Does that impact or will it impact in some bad way the national economy, personal debt, personal credit card debt, lack of personal savings, does that hurt the United States as a whole? It could, but right now, actually a lot of people really did have a lot of excess savings and some of that still seems to be around. Uh, they, you, you know, we, when you couldn't spend money, when you couldn't eat out, um, when you couldn't go to the movies, you couldn't go on vacation, people built up a lot of excess savings. So they're still spending that down. Credit card debt is, and delinquencies have started to rise, but they're not really high when compared to normal historical levels. So I also don't think that's a big problem. It can become a problem, but most of the debt people have is actually fixed. It's mostly mortgage debt, and that doesn't go up. When the Fed raises interest rates, your mortgage debt doesn't go up. It only goes up if you buy a new home, which is one of the reasons people aren't selling their homes because they have very good mortgages. They don't want to trade their 3% for 7%. So we've seen very low volumes of home sales, but it's not impacting people's ability to spend money right now. Okay, John, the rate cut, does it have anything to do with politics? Everyone will make it about politics, and obviously I know these are all political animals, but would the Fed make a decision before or after the election because of the election? Is that something that you would anticipate? So the Fed, if they start cutting early enough, I think they won't let the election bother them. But they're nervous. They don't want to cut too early. 
And so this pushes out the rate cut. Right now, a lot of people think maybe it'll not May, maybe June. If they don't cut in July, if they haven't started cutting, I do think the election starts to matter. I don't think the Fed wants to cut in September. There's no meeting in August. So if they don't cut in July, September's the earliest they can cut. That is right on the precipice of the election. And I don't think they want to be seen as cutting into the election, which would be seen as boosting, giving a boost to Biden. And they're worried about their independence, frankly. They know that if they seem too overtly political, look, 90% of the economists at the Fed are Democrats. This is not, you know, they are Democrats. There is a bias there. They are definitely not pro-Trump. So if he's the nominee, which, you know, he's almost certain to be, the, most of the people at the Fed are not Trump supporters. So it will be very easy to paint them as being political. They know this. They're aware of this. They want to, they're probably going to shy away from cutting rates if they haven't already by the time fall rolls around. John, can you explain to people who might be confused why the next trillion dollar bill, $500 billion bill they pass in Congress, why it affects them personally? Because this is something the American people have, have they've divorced those two things from each other, but they matter and they matter a lot. Can you bring that home for us? Yeah, I actually think one of the big drivers of inflation has been this huge government deficit. When we did giant government deficits when inflation was very low, that was probably fine. When we did it during COVID, also okay. We kept doing elevated deficits. First of all, Biden came in and just decided he needed to spend a ton of money because you know he's a Democrat and he had a lot of you know, Democrat special interests he had to satisfy. And then they kept spending money. By now, we should have been in a fiscal retrenchment, meaning the government should be pulling back on spending. It's not. It's growing. It's not going to shrink this year. I think that is we are going to have a fiscally driven, high inflationary environment for quite some time. So, yeah, it does matter when the government spends because the government is competing with you and I for goods and services. When it does that by spending money, that means those things get more expensive for us to buy. Is a lot of this hot economy or growing economy right now because the government's just dumping trillions into it? I do think that's a huge part of one of the reasons the economy is growing. If you look at the jobs numbers, for instance, the portion that is going to government jobs and what I'll call like government adjacent jobs, so education, social services, healthcare, those that's very high. Uh, and so there's a lot of government spending going into the growth numbers. I do think there's some healthy things going on. We really did incentivize a lot of good investment in the tax cuts that Trump put in place. I think that's helping boost growth. But I, I think the unhealthy part of growth is coming from excessive government spending. And that also may not work out. We're seeing the things like the CHIPS Act and the so-called Inflation Reduction Act direct a lot of investment into you know people building new factories in the US. They're building it to get subsidies, and that worries me because it's not really an economic decision. It's more of a political decision. And if those investments don't pay off, we may regret it later. Okay, finally, are normal people ever going to be able to afford a house again? You mentioned housing prices. It, it, I, I get these heartbreaking emails from these young professionals, young married couples wanting to buy a house. It's not even close to being in the cards for them. Is that just 
something of the past? It is very hard to buy a house. You're absolutely correct. We have one of the least lowest levels of home affordability, which you measure by home prices and mortgage rates that we've had ever in American history. So that's, it's a really tough situation and it's going to stay tough. I'm sorry to be so negative about it, but interest rates aren't coming down to where they were, which made it easier to buy a house. And frankly, the, the kind of regulations that we have put in place that make building the normal single family home uh, possible, the, or sorry, more difficult, the regulations are making it more difficult. That is going to really weigh on home construction for a long time. And so home prices will stay elevated and it will become very hard. It will stay very hard for young people to be able to achieve the dream of home ownership. I know. Thanks, I'm sorry. John. That's appreciate company. it, man. No, no. Thank you for thank you for joining us, man. I appreciate it. All right, we have Black History Month. I'm going to celebrate it next. Before we do that, Monday through Friday, right here on the First TV, my boy Mike Slater, he hosts Breitbart News Daily. You don't have to change the channel. Seven to nine a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Come watch my boy Slater bring you the news of the morning. All right. All right, Black History Month, next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is February 1st, and you know what that means? It's the beginning of Black History Month. For many, this begins a month of celebration of black history. For some, they roll their eyes and cringe because we know we're going to have so much nauseating DEI stuff that comes with this month. But you know what? I like to look at the positive on things. I like to lighten the mood and think about the good that comes with Black History Month. What are some good things that have come from from the outreach to black America? Well, in my opinion, the greatest one ever is when Rear Admiral Buttigieg was running for president and he wasn't getting any traction because they didn't like him for reasons in the black community. So he decided he was going to go do some black outreach. And guess what? It's the fog of war. You want to see some magic? Fog of the war. And we heard the the letter not to speak. Closed container. We heard you're a whiskey guy. Oh, my goodness. That nothing, is Nothing but top shelf for That's, you. Wow. Here you go. All right. I don't know if you want to sip around. Come here more often. You know, let's see. Like, don't let the kids see. Right. Yes, sir. All right. A toast to you and to oh, us, here. your new moon squad. All right. Mayor Pete. To the road Mayor ahead. Pete. Mm. Keep it low. Okay, mm. mm-hmm. oh, no problem. Sam? Woo. Well, we're good, though. You just pull up and be like, yo. Matter of fact, if you become president, you could pardon us. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> he drank a 40 out of a paper bag. <laughs> all right, quit. Focus. In all seriousness, let's, in honor of Black History Month, let's honor one of the preeminent civil rights leaders of our time, Sean King. Sean, from me to you, shout out. I know exactly what you've gone through in life. All right? I'll see you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.